1: I mean, everything's, everything's so far so good. So far so good? You know, so far so good. Everything's played out the right way. We're going to see what's happened with this number six pick. Because I know Detroit, they want a running back, but they ain't trading up for a running back. I don't they think they're going to pick up. A... Oh, they did? Yeah, they just
3: traded with Cleveland. They swapped
1: Texas. Oh, OK. Yeah. So where
2: do
1: you think that's going to put you? Oh, I want to go to ATL. Me and Mike Vick. It's the Mike, Vick, and D. Hall show.
2: The Dave Damashek Football Program, available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP.
3: Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. 16 short years later, from Virginia Tech cornerback D'Angelo Hall, was drafted in 2004, In and amongst Eli Manning and Phil Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger and Sean Taylor and Larry Fitzgerald fascinating draft class back there in 2004 is the 2020 nfl draft fast approaches d'angelo hall will be joining us here in studio 66 for his second go-round here after a successful virgin run about uh, a month or so ago in the meantime before he shows up here spaghetti behind the glass how are you how was the weekend
2: it was good uh it was a good uh you know sunday night Cap with the Oscars, uh, so it was uh, you know pretty. Happy fun. birthday to our pal. Uh, birthday. Ricky yeah. Hollywood. A lot going on Friday, Saturday. Yeah. So yeah. Sunday was a relaxing day. Just uh, I I squeezed in 1917. That was the last movie I had to watch before the. Uh, yeah. The
3: Oscars on. handed out on Sunday night. My weekend consumed by you know people have been pointing out and I appreciate it because I'm a vain person. Um, people have noticed that Dave is trying to shed some pounds. You know I've lost probably 15 or so pounds. Thanks, one of us. Over three, four, three. Well, yeah, clearly you're not. Listen, you know what? Live. You yeah. know, when you get once you have kids and everything, and uh, and the way you look doesn't matter to anybody anymore. That's when you can go like Damisch and gain. But then you can go too far. Sometimes the man in the mirror tells the tale. Like I, like I say, three or so months ago, I caught my reflection full body. I don't know if I was entirely in the nude, but nude enough to see that there was no hiding from a grim reality. And that is that Dave was getting morbidly obese. So I set my mind to shedding a few, but then to celebrate in the last week or so, I took, um, I took, uh, my oldest, uh, child Oprah to, um, to her father daughter dance. And, um, and it was semi lame for her. She didn't, wasn't enjoying it. So I said, well, let's get out of here and, uh, and go have fun elsewhere. And, uh, it just so happened that there was this place nearby that serves delicious pie, like 20 different kinds of pie. So we went and we ate pie. And, uh, and then I liked it so much that I went back and got, well, to tell the story quickly, I brought home some pie and then, uh, and then my wife said, uh, you didn't bring me any pie. And I said, why? Well, I didn't know you, you would want that. Oh, I, well, I brought home pecan pie. And she said, well, I don't, I don't eat pecan pie. And you know that. And I said, uh, yeah, of course, I have noticed, well, you don't have to tell me because I'm fully aware of what choices you make in pie. Um, and then, uh, so then I felt bad. And well, then she went w- out with the with the little ones and uh, she brought back, out of spite, she brought back some coconut cream pie for herself. But um, then she left it in the fridge too long. And then I ate that pie. Cheers. Yeah. And then she didn't like that move. So then I felt bad, and then I went and bought more pie at the good pie place, and I brought home three different kinds of pie, plus some cronuts too. And uh, ostensibly for everybody at the house, but I knew deep down, you know, the man in the mirror knew what it was for. I was going to eat those pies, and I did eat the vast majority of them. And then over this past weekend, I went back to the same pie place because I got a taste for it, you know like you know how like some killers get a taste for blood I I got a taste for uh I got a taste for pie and so then I ate more pie and then I got in the scale and I realized I was fat
2: same type or just different types of pie each time well a uh, good question not fruit pie but yes of course, chocolate
3: cream a nice chocolate cream I got a, a matcha like a green tea kind oh, of thing yeah
2: yeah yeah so that's all green
3: cheesecake it was very good then I got a rocky road one then I got a pecan. Well, I got two pieces of the pecan because the first one went down so easy that I figured, let's see if the second one can repeat that. You know, let's see if this is some uh, flash in the in the pie pan or if it can sustain this level of success. Spoiler alert: it did. Uh, spoiler alert: also, I've noticed that I'm starting to gain weight again. But I also had all the kids. With no mama around, I had them all under my roof, and uh, everybody survived. So it was a a stressful weekend, but a good one. But then punctuated by the Oscars. Yeah. I think that was right. I think that was right for Parasite to win.
2: I think there's four to six movies you can make the argument for that could have won. I thought it was a fantastic movie year, and I thought I'm some movie buff, but I thought it was a really strong year. You have some years where it's like... No, you, know, you see all the water ones. But yeah, I do. So I, I thought that between Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh 1917, JoJo Rabbit, Parasite, um, I was high on Joker more than other people. And I also thought that Uncut Gems should have been nominated, but that I, was not.
3: I, I get the what people are talking about, the um the kind of anxiety it caused. Mm. I didn't love the picture, but there were a lot of things I did really enjoy about it. I didn't enjoy some of the surrounding, less uh relevant um uh, the the fringy elements of it, like the
2: the scoring of Uncut Gems, bug me. Oh, I love the music they use. They have like yeah. a special guy for that. They do it in the, their other movies too the safety brothers I'm biased, admittedly because they went to bu so it's okay but.
3: i just didn't love it i i mean it was i it was good the sum just didn't equal the parts for me
2: and that's fine Sandler for was for, good in it, for, for it. best well that's the problem is it's one thing for not best picture but to not have the sandman be nominated for best i best. like the sandman and what he stands for but
3: that was not nearly as good a performance as punch drunk love if you want to see him spread his acting wings go back and watch that one that's his uh that's his finest performance. He's basically playing himself in that movie.
2: Yeah, but I, I, and I didn't think no one was going to challenge Joaquin Phoenix to win anyway. But just to not nominate him when he comes out of him doing his like you know silly Netflix movies with all his friends, which is awesome about Adam Sandler. Uh, I think they should have just thrown him in there for uh, the nomination. But I, the one that the movie that largely got
3: a little too slept on. Although now that I'm thinking about it, did 1917 win anything? That's the one some.
2: It won three awards. Like Arsenal cinematography or yeah. something, I bet? Yeah. yeah.
3: Those, I, I know that they're not actual, it wasn't a two-hour single tracking shot, but it it plays as though basically it is, that you're on a race with, with one human being for two hours. Uh, 1917 was incredible. I loved it, yeah. but as I've said before, and I'll say again to you now, if you loved learning about that that somehow the great war was conveyed to you in a way that you'd never uh seen or heard before go check out the documentary they shall not grow old mm. about the british soldiers that i mean i would weep the entire time that's all the all, like as soon as you drop me into one of the uh, in, into one of those holes there, and just like sit here and like, hey, the the uh, the enemy, they're like a hundred yards away on the other side. But in the meantime, just sit here in the mud where the rats are and everything, and be hungry and right. everything. I would just the whole time I was in there, I would just weep until uh, until somebody took me out.
2: That's exactly why I thought that 1917 was so great. And it's I'm not trying to spoil for those who haven't seen, but it's it is just you're basically just following two guys on a on a miniature mission to try to help, uh, you know, the grand scheme of things. To be super vague about it, but you still get the feel of what was going on you still get kind of a history lesson because you see like the different trenches they're 100 yards apart like you just said and like the amount of rats and just dead horses and stuff there's yeah. i would hate
3: it so much yeah. not, not spoiler alert i wouldn't do well in war
2: no i don't think i would either but yeah no, i would do really bad
3: i'd be the first one taken out i really do think that too because i wouldn't be uh i wouldn't be i i have no um infirmity great enough that they'd be like, yeah, it, it, when they're inspecting me, examining me, they wouldn't be like, yeah, he can't go. We can't send them. He doesn't have bone spurs or whatever. Um, they would send me, but then I'd be the first one gone. They'd be like, here they come. Everybody run. Retreat. And they'd be like, eh, you know, like three years later that when the war was over, they'd be like, remember that guy on the first day? Like He was a loudmouth, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, he was kind of annoying. But it was still sad that he was the first one to go. Um yeah, but I thought Parasite was right. And I, I do feel like, um, has Tarantino ever won an Academy Award?
2: I'm sure. Did he? Yeah, I'll look it up. As long I'm as he won one
3: before. I I, I, uh, I don't care for the the uh, outside of Brad Pitt getting it. And I'm not positive that Leonardo DiCaprio shouldn't have won Best Actor over Joaquin Phoenix.
2: Wait, really? Really? Yeah. And by the way, Quentin Tarantino won. He won uh, screenplay twice for Pulp Fiction and Django. Um, but no, for I uh, Django, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, original uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix for sure should have won that. He should have, huh? I think Leo was great. And I like Once Upon a Time on Hollywood more than most people. Um, but i i thought he he had a few scenes like the scene of him freaking out in his trailer was probably the high point for him and him crying with the the little the girl the the, the actress uh, in the in the movie they're playing in the in the movie but i thought he was like okay. i think there's other movies were, where with leo was way better
3: i just th- well he wasn't as extreme or Brad Pitt was awesome i agree with that Brad Pitt was great yeah i think i, I think the thing that is hard to pull off i would know nothing about acting of course However, you have acted. That's true. Scorpion. You know what? I just ran into, uh, to, um, showrunner, Supreme Nick Santora. Yeah. I just ran into him at Jerry's Deli and, um, cause I'm classy. He was, he was with his wife and with another couple. He's, uh, the Scorpion showrunner who, uh, who had me in there and now he's doing gang buster. So he means he really is the David E. Kelly of, uh, of our time. Um, but uh, I saw him at Jerry's Deli. I had you know all the kids surrounding me, and so I couldn't uh, play grab ass too much with him. But uh, on my way out, I had the waitress send over a uh, a red velvet cake um, cupcake oh, to nice. the table. I thought that was a classy move. That was right? a really good. It's
2: a cool move too. Yeah, to do it from a distance, I think it was great.
3: Yeah, I wasn't even there to see it. You know, I think the thing that is difficult what, that I admire is if you think about the talented Mr. Ripley. Jude Law is great in that picture. And it might seem like, well, you know, he's a, you know, he's a handsome ish guy and all that. I think it must be really difficult to pull off. It's not the same role, obviously, as what DiCaprio did um, in Once Upon a Time. But that kind of swagger, but still there's something vaguely um, vain or potentially unlikable about it. I think that is. You know, it's more subtle, obviously, than being Joaquin Phoenix descending into craziness. but um but i I, I just uh, like DiCaprio ultimately a little bit better. And I do get, and this is i i it's funny watching the Joker. I was thinking, how is this different than taxi driver, really? And then after the fact, I saw, oh, yes, it's a paler version of De Niro and taxi driver, and it kind of is. And once you get that in your head, it's hard to remove yourself from that.
2: Yeah, I watched Tax Driver actually for the first time after Joker, and I definitely see the the similarities to it. I just ultimately thought that what he did to get into that role, like the for the the mindset, and the physical shape, um, and I think some of I think all the Joker, or Arthur Fleck, I think is his name in the movie, that was still crazier than De Niro in, um, yeah, and uh, well, I like well, yeah, which
3: was crazier is a, a good one. Best uh, best Joker of the three. Cinematic versions. Oh no, I guess there are four because there was. I can't think of the Jack
2: Nicholson. Well, there was Nicholson. There's there a guy. Ledger. F- yeah. And
3: then there was the guy in the Suicide Squad. What's
2: oh name? won the Academy Award himself. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Yeah. I never saw that one. Uh, it was not good. No. No. It it wasn't good.
3: Um, your favorite of the quartet, then?
2: I mean, it's hard to go against Heath, but I really love the Joker movie. So uh, I I'll, I'll go Heath, Heath right. Ledger.
3: I think we I think we park our cars in the same garage but at the time Nicholson was cuz you're too young to remember in fact
2: I've seen alive it but yet. yeah.
3: It was a revelation at the time.
2: There's a gap though right now between the Well top that was two. more cartoon sure.
3: than than being actually scary in a in a human way like imagine that guy you wouldn't be scared of Nicholson if, right. like I say plays like a like a cartoon all right spaghetti let's talk pro football before 23 D'Angelo shadows our door here and uh, the big news is that Phil Rivers is officially now hitting free agency no big surprise there and all of a sudden the heat that we um, the fire that we lit three four months ago about Tom Brady to the Chargers as My faith in that actually coming to pass starts to fade. It seems like now everybody else is getting in on that. I don't exactly see it, although the noise that Tom Brady is going to go to the Cowboys seems even less likely to me just based on the fact that it's Mike McCarthy. Is he real? Is that something that Tom Brady is is anxious to do? Yeah, he would have a good offensive line, but we're not even sure who he'd be throwing the ball to at this point down in Dallas. The offensive line is a legitimate consideration for Phil or otherwise, but Tom Brady does have a great knack for negating pressure, not in the, um, you know, Roethlisberger kind of way. or Russell Russell Wilson runs away from it, you know, is able to negate it by constantly rolling. Roethlisberger shoves those guys aside. Brady just gets rid of the ball very quickly. Um, so I wonder if they set about fixing up the offensive line. The rest of that team is loaded the Chargers, and I would – be if I were Tom Brady and belly aching about who did I have to throw to this past year to go to Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and presumably Hunter Henry if they could um, keep him. That would that would uh, be awfully appealing if I'm 43 year old Tom Brady.
2: I think from the Charger standpoint, the one guy you have to just do everything you can to go after and get on your team is I think Cam Newton. Uh, if there's somehow miraculously Dak Prescott becomes available, and if the Chargers could kind of do some package deal with dallas and get him those are the two options because not only because you have to you're like you said you have a great team you're in win now mode um but you also are moving to a new stadium and you have to you know kind of grab some sort of fan base in the southern california area and i think those are the two guys. i get tom brady has the the quick fix maybe for a season but cam is going to be 31 with the time the season starts he has probably another good seven eight years in him i mean, I mean dak, that's right I dak is amazing and but, dak okay. is okay
3: Reduce it back. So, okay, so he says So Cam isn't going to be 43. He's not going to be 40, let's say. Mm -hmm. Um, Although I would say the same thing about Roethlisberger five years ago, and if that elbow checks out, we still have to wait and see. Like, he may make it to 40. Cam obviously has relied um, even more than Roethlisberger did in the first half of his career on being able to run around a little bit. But Cam probably does have, as you say, a half a decade. Sure. um, At least as being a viable quarterback, and – You know, for all the detractors, it is crazy how we are victims of recency bias, but I'll refer you to completely different guys who played the same position in pro football, but, you know, a lot of people... Um, when Peyton Manning was when it, when they were going over, and Curtis Painter was in there, and oh, Andrew Luck's going to be our quarterback, and the Colts moved on, and all the doubts and all the whispers about Peyton. Peyton went on to have uh, you may have heard some uh, some nice success in Denver. I wonder if the Chargers are able to. Um, put the blinders on to all that outside noise and just evaluate cam and his health. If, if he is anything close to to what he's been in the first decade of his career, he's tracking towards the hall of fame and a dynamic guy like that in that division where Patrick Mahomes is and where the Raiders seem to be on the rise. And so too do the Broncos cam makes a ton of sense instead of giving up a year, because if you, decide let's go Justin Herbert or otherwise you're basically saying that's another year told with all these guys of a uh, of a Super Bowl worthy roster that we're just going to give away for another year that doesn't make a ton of sense the Chargers I get it oh you know ideally Tua would be their guy and I've perpetuated that too that that's how you're going to win fans over the long hauls, to get a QB who's there for the next 15 years and nine-year-old kids latch on to, and they follow the arc of his career. But that's an imperfect solution now. If you could get Brady in the short term, but if you could get Cam, that makes uh, that makes all the sense in the world. Um, and you don't have to use that sixth overall <clears throat> on a on a backup for him. Instead, you use that on another piece, maybe an offensive lineman, maybe another weapon to to target in the passing game, and uh, or I don't know what maybe maybe you want to go after one of the uh, the many running backs that look nice. Um, DeAndre Swift looks nice if Melvin Gordon's going to go anyway. I could see the Chargers. Man, that division. See now that's fun. We football season just ended, and I can talk myself uh, or I could talk to you, Spaghetti. Um, about the AFC West for another hour here, and how fascinating it could be over these next three months with the with free agency and the draft, but uh, you know, trying to position. Who's gonna win? Well, I guess we'll say the Chiefs are gonna win that division. But man, it ain't gonna be a cupcake division next year. Yeah,
2: I mean, both the Raiders and the Chargers in that division have a decision to make: a quarterback, which will either turn them and be they'll become full-on contenders, or they're gonna be like, well, we're gonna wave the white flag and we're gonna just let this rookie kind of learn, and we're gonna lay down these this next year or two. Uh, so that'll I mean that'll swing the whole balance of power in the AFC.
3: Well, I mean that's a fun thing to root for if you like your if you if you like your AFC West football. Drew Locke in year two plus the reigning champion and uh, two years removed from the league MVP plus Cam Newton plus the GOAT Tom Brady. That would be fun yeah. if, if things broke that way and certainly would uh, ensure seats being filled in, in, um, in Los Angeles when the new stadium opens at minimum when the three – um, division rivals show up. All right, there he is coming in through the door. There, um, so let's uh, let's introduce him right now. It's our guy, D'Angelo Hall. Dave
0: Demash. All
3: right, here he is. Uh, he made a uh, a stellar debut. What three weeks or so ago? Eddie Spaghetti now back seated to my immediate left. He got you know what. A lot of a lot of feedback from the Sheik Republic on uh, on the strong debut here. Okay, let's see how he does now in his sophomore. Let's do effort it here. It's the Angelo Hall. What's happening? What fella? up, Sheik? How good, are you, baby?
1: I can't complain at all. Look at you. You're
3: you're uh, powering through sickness. You know? Yeah, yeah. Good for you. You watch the Oscars?
1: I did not. I was traveling, so um, I didn't get to watch, but. Uh... I need to check the updates because I know, it's, I know something came out of there that, that, that was talked about that I need to figure out what what happened. Which one? I don't know. It's a couple of things, right?
3: Yeah, I don't – well, I'm not sure. Well, I thought it was weird that Eminem um, came out and performed something that he uh, first did 18 – or what, a decade ago? Oh, for real? Something like that? It's like, I wait, why are you doing the eight-mile number right now? <laughs> like, what, what does that have to do with the, the calendar year 2020? See did you see any of the movies?
1: I, I don't know. Um, I – I did. I don't. Uh, gosh, which ones did I see?
3: <sighs> Parasite, nineteen seventeen, Uncut Gems. No, I didn't. Oh so goodness. you didn't
1: really see it. No, I didn't. I guess. I, I, I felt I should... like I did. Maybe it was last year's Joker. I saw a little bit of Joker. Um, I heard Joaquin Phoenix kind of acceptance speech a little bit, uh, where he went on a tirade. Tirade was that the was that the Oscars or was that? Another he did a show. he did a lengthy did speech. Was that the Oscars though?
3: It's very strange to me. I buy listen, I thought <laughs> that what he had to say, the uh you know, the, the words had power, the way in which he delivered them. Actors have this weird thing where they can play all these other people.
1: But they can't be themselves? But
3: they, yes. They it's, struggle with But I feel like it's saying. an affectation. Am I right, or am I overly cynical? I feel no, like that, like, right. um, uh, uh, that's st- right. uh, stammering. I can't find my words. I like It right.
1: doesn't I've, really I've, line I've, up I've, with... I've met a lot of actors and actresses, and in movies, you love them because you love that character. But then when you meet them and you expect that character to be who they are, and you're like, eh, I'm disappointed I wanted you to be that dude in the movie, not who you really are so wow well, right
3: you know it, it is uh one of our favorite things to do here on the ddfp is get to know the guys as they say under the helmet and mm-hmm. uh and so let's talk a little bit very quickly here because big big news day with uh phil rivers yeah. i mean i guess it's a big news day but we all saw this yeah i think a we month all. or yeah six weeks ago was more or less a done deal that Phil had played his last game for the Chargers. Um, but you, as it happens, got drafted in and amongst the the, the legendary Ought four QB class.
1: Yeah. You go eighth overall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I go eighth overall to Atlanta and I get to actually hang out with some of these dudes. Like you gotta realize, Shaq, I was a you know, a little dude who was fast, super hmm. athletic um some teams didn't know if I was a returner a, a shutdown corner I was fortunate to play in the Big East where you know I got to go against Larry Fitzgerald who you know won the Boltenkov and was the top receiver in the country the year before that I got to go against uh Andre Johnson who uh was a I think the number 3 or 2 pick in the draft um and so didn't play a lot of really good receivers through the course of my college career. But in those splashes, I was able to show some of the scouts that I belonged. And, yeah, I was invited to the draft back when they only took, like, five guys. And so it was mm. a huge honor. But I'm hanging out with Eli Manning, Robert Gallery, uh, Kellen Winslow was there, Roy Williams, the receiver, uh, Ben Roethlisberger. So, you know, you got – me in the midst of all of these guys, and I was like, dude, I'm just happy to be here. Like, we had an ongoing bet who was going to be the last guy drafted. Uh, Big Ben, you lost that bet because he was the last guy sitting in the green room, not me. But I was 100% confident and comfortable being the last guy in the green room. Man, that is so funny,
3: and 180 degrees from all the guys who've sat where you're sitting now, because my favorite conversations are to hear Maurice Jones-Drew. You know, the Tom Brady 5, you remember when he made that, all Uh the QBs who were drafted ahead of him? Uh We have the Maurice, what is it, the Maurice 5? There are five running backs drafted, and he can name every single one where they were slotted and what his emotional reaction was to those. Reggie Wayne. Can take off every wide receiver. What slot they were? Why he was better than all those guys? Mm-hmm. The chip on the shoulder. You're the antithesis of that. You thought I'm lucky to be here right now, so you didn't sweat at a moment like I better go. That I don't well, want to get a well,
1: because going through the draft process, even when I left as a true junior, um, you know, it was a lot of guys rated ahead of me, um, and I didn't flinch. I, I knew watching the film that they weren't better, they weren't faster, they couldn't cover better than me, they couldn't get the ball. Um, They weren't dynamic returning the football whenever they got their hands on it. And so to me, like, it didn't matter who the scouts thought was better than me. I said, cool, we got to go through this whole process of working out and I'm going to kill it. Because I knew I I was strong. I knew I was fast. I knew I was, you know, athletic and could could kill any test. But the difference is I was able to translate it to the field. Um, Even the guy who went 10 in that draft, Dante Robinson, um, he was a corner slash safety out of South Carolina. And me and him were like the underdogs because it was guys like Chris Gamble, um, who I think is on this list. He was known for going both ways at O State. And um, you know, it was it was it was it was so many other guys, uh Nathan Vasser, uh uh Kiwan Ratliff, you know, it was a ton of guys who in in the midst of being in college football's premier conferences and playing in big games and you know, playing in BCS bowl games got the notoriety. One all types of awards. I tell people all the time. Um, you know, I was a Thorpe semi-finalist, which is the award they give to the best mm-hmm. DB in the country. And I had one pick because nobody threw the ball at me. Um, Keywan had eight and took like four back. Sean Taylor was a finalist um, who we tried not to throw the ball his way, but he ended up making some plays. I always felt like Sean Taylor should have won that award. Keywan Rat- Ratliff, I think, won that award. If it wasn't Keywan, it was... Uh, Nathan Vassar, because he played at Oklahoma and it was the committee was in Oklahoma. So a lot of politics. And so I I, I always remember that and not making all American teams. But the draft was my kind of coming out party where I got to show everybody else like, look, I can do all of this. I can kill all of this stuff and I actually can play football. And so um, I mentioned Dante Robinson because he was another guy who wasn't very highly thought of in the draft process and prior to running fast and working out hard, he got his value up and he was a top 10 pick. So
3: that's interesting. So based on the quality, well, of course your name didn't get called a lot in college because you were so effective. Guys just didn't throw in your direction, which is a weird kind of math that exists in pro football as well that yeah, if you're getting a lot of picks in the season it means cuz they're throwing at you. Exactly. A That's a, that is uh that is fascinating that that extends back to college, but yeah, I'm sure imbued with the confidence of uh, of lining up against Larry Fitzgerald, who really is one of the best um receivers in college football history. That that uh, oh, that yeah. I was. also in the Big East, it's weird to me cuz uh, you know, I, I we, as we've discussed, I'm a uh, Pitt fan. It's a bummer to me that they've had Shady McCoy, Darrell Revis, Larry Fitzgerald. All those linemen, so on. As so we could go on and on, and yet they struggle to go seven and five. You yeah. can make it to a bowl game. It's embarrassing. Yeah. But listen, that's not what we're going to talk about. Very quickly, tell me in front of how I mean. I don't know how much you could keep an eye when you're when you're at uh, Virginia Tech. How much you were aware of a guy at Miami of Ohio in Roethlisberger? But were you at least aware of Phil Rivers? I mean, I was aware Eli? of all of those Did you guys see them? because
1: Ben had the name too. You know, he had that name Roethlisberger. That kind of uh you know stood out and he was a bigger quarterback you know he was known to extend plays and you know and as a db you know you hate for quarterbacks to do that and so i mean i knew of ben knew he was a small school guy but knew he had all the talent in the world um obviously i was a huge peyton manning fan um and so i knew little brother eli was at old miss where his dad played um and all of those things uh and you know being an East Coast guy, I obviously knew Phillip Rivers. You know, I had a ton of buddies who played played in the ACC, and that was one of the big reasons Virginia Tech went to the ACC is because they were losing out on so many recruits because that ACC corridor is mm-hmm. kind of it's easy when you live in the 757 Virginia Beach area to get to games. Blacksburg was five hours away from my house. Um, where Virginia Tech is, I could get to UNC in three hours. That makes and so much sense for that. Yeah. It's so, still
3: weird, though, that you got Syracuse and Pitt know, now in know, the ACC. Know, that doesn't exactly still it's hit It's weird right. even
1: having Virginia Tech because I view myself as a Big East guy, and I went and got an ACC Legends Award, and I'm like, dude, i never played the snap.
3: It's game. so funny because that's what I said to Spaghetti earlier today. I said, check out and see, because D'Angelo had to have played Phil Rivers at Virginia Tech, and I thought, oh yeah, I completely yeah, all this 21st century uh conference affiliations have moved around so yeah. much i'm like oh yes i forgot i even forget virginia tech was in the big east they that would, was
1: weird the, the year i left um college early was the year they went to the acc mm-hmm. and coach beamer told us as freshmen like if our senior year we'd have a chance to win the national championship and myself and kevin jones who was the number 20 30 pick in the draft mm-hmm. he left too as a, as, a, as a as a true junior
3: really liked him a lot um, don't know why yeah. it didn't exactly yeah, me work out for me him, either, him in but the NFL. he was
1: dynamic yeah. in college but if he and i stay in college we play usc at fedex field that year first game of the season they end up losing we had a corner get beat i feel like that's me on Reggie. That didn't mm. happen. Um, and then they ended up playing Auburn in the Sugar Bowl, and they lost by a touchdown um, to Auburn. And so I'm like, man, if if we're there, we got a chance. And that's what hurts most. Mm-hmm. Knowing we couldn't get Coach Beamer, that you know, back into the national championship because that you know that '99 season with Mike Vick, man, it was special.
3: And tell me again, it's a, I I think you told us. A lot. Is it Tyrod Taylor's your guy? Or is he, Or do? You, or do you predate Tyrod?
1: Nah. Well, my quarterback was was uh was Brian Randall. So I came to. Hear oh, okay, Mike yeah. Left um, was my freshman year. So I totally missed Mike Vick. I had Brian Randall, and then Mike's little brother uh, came my last right? yeah, year. Yeah. But he played more receiver than quarterback. And Ty was a a, a couple years uh, prior to that. I think he was like. 2010 or something so he's a lot younger than me but I mean I keep in touch with all those guys I'm I'm actually rooting for Ty um hated for Phillip Rivers that you know his time has come to an end but you know when one chapter closes another one opens and I'm hoping Ty can go in there and well and and, and hold it down.
3: that does lead us neatly into that conversation and I I just will say quickly it's a good thing that you guys didn't win the national championship because you could have really further popularized the uh horrible burgundy and orange color scheme (laughs) And that wouldn't be good for anybody. That's not good. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, let's talk Phil. Did you – so now as you look back, I mean, Roethlisberger's elbow is the question mark now going forward, uh-huh. and he is probably, as I keep saying, the last best hope for that whole era of QBs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, or maybe Tom Brady if he la- – we'll see what happens with yeah. him. But, yes, you know, Eli's gone. Phil is fading. We'll see. Maybe he could land in a relevant spot. But as you look at the, the – you know – decade and a half of their respective careers um did you when you were coming out of school sitting amongst these guys at that draft did you have a sense of where they were each gonna land did you did you have a feel I think Roethlisberger's is gonna end up being the best pro QB or or was that uh, premature for
1: you? I mean it was a little premature i think I think initially being around all three of them you felt like they all had a chance to be really special um you know you take Eli went one uh Philip for Ben uh 11 and then I think the next quarterback was JP Losman 22 mm-hmm. and so you knew those three were different were absolutely different um I think what made Ben so special compared to the rest of them is he was a little bit before his time and I know it's been other big mobile quarterbacks um uh, but the way in which Ben you know, kept his eyes downfield but was able to have mm-hmm. a guy on him and still get that guy off and keep the play going as a corner and as a DB. That, I mean, that's the hardest thing in the world to feel like, oh, my dude got him. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. He don't have him. And then you're still trying to make that play. One of Eli's greatest throws was, you know, in that in that Super Bowl where he shrugs a guy off and gets that ball up and his and his guy makes a play. David Tyree makes a play. I uh, played against him too at Syracuse. Uh, shout mm-hmm. out Tyree. But um, so... Ben was just a little bit before his time because you think about how the quarterback position is being played now. Um, I was watching Mike Vick's uh, little special, and you hear Bobby Bowden say, it's going to be 10 years from now, and this was in 2000, 10 years from now, it's going to be a bunch of Mike Vick's running around all these campuses. And you look now, and it's like they are not only running around the campuses, they're running around – NFL stadiums um and so Ben kind of still offers you a little bit of that old conventional and uh drop back but 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 can buy time and so you know I love Eli I love Phil but I just you know I was just having an argument in the green room talking about these quarterbacks and you know the pass rushers now are so dynamic that is always going to be a guy free. It's, I mean, Bosa's always going to beat that tackle. Just the rules of the game, like, like you know, holding is so is such a fine line for offensive linemen that you know we have that advantage as a defense to just be able to rush. And so you got to have a quarterback who can who can just move a little bit. And I'm not saying you got to be Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. but you got to be Jimmy G. You got to be able to move out the pocket a little bit. You you don't have to be Mahomes, but you if if you watch Mahomes, if you watch watch Russell Wilson. Their ability to, even Aaron Rodgers, their ability to just move a little bit out the pocket. You know, I think what makes Drew Brees and Tom Brady different is they use that check down like their feet. Where if I ain't got it, I'm, I'm going to hit that check down. Like, they always know where that check down is. And I think a lot of young quarterbacks um, don't want to use that check down.
3: It's interesting, too. Mahomes, by comparison, does that what, what seems unlike what Brady and Breeze have done he takes a deeper drop when he feels pressure if he doesn't roll away from it he he just steps five steps further back and it, and it, it's negated by the power of his arm well,
1: his arm strength but it yes. is
3: weird but Breeze and Brady are you you might say anachronistic except that they both not n- neither one a runner but they figured out early on that subtle slide up in the yeah, pocket yeah because Arthur it changes Witts. the angle entirely yeah. that it makes the, the pass rushers look silly like yeah wow you, you got great depth there the only problem is uh, Tom Brady's 10 yards further upfield than you are now pass yeah,
1: rusher, right yeah. and I'm not saying those guys can't play Eli and Phillip I'm just saying it's much tougher for them and unless they're, they're they're processing things and coding things the way that Drew Brees and Tom Brady, that's what makes them do Hall of Fame quarterbacks' first ballot, without a doubt. That's why Drew has all the yards he has and Tom has all the yards and rings he has. Um is there? They're different, and sometimes it's just different guys. And so, yes, I root for Eli. Um, you know, he's done now, but yes, I, I rooted for those guys. And Phillip Rivers, I'm still rooting for him. Hopefully, he, why? Because they were in Eli your draft is. class. That's Yo, why absolutely. you rooted for him. Absolutely. kind of weird is that? What do you, for, you care what they, for they do? Except when I played against them, because because you always want your draft class to 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 kind of wait a stand second. stand atop. The you know the you're not one the of these guys of, dra- of draft class. Who
3: do you self-identify as? As a Falcon, a Redskin? What do you think of yourself as
1: in your I brain? Mean, I, I mean, I was a, I was a Falcon for four years, and I was a Redskin for for ten. Okay, uh, fair. I, 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 I see myself as both. Um, you know, if I ever get a gold jacket, I'm I'm going in as a Redskin. That's without question because I, I played there the longest. Um, but I mean Atlanta Atlanta got me started you know Atlanta made me who I who, who I was. well I
3: I ask because you're not one of these people who who does the thing where like I hey, hate I love when the NFC East wins because that's my division nah, that's I don't, the I, worst. I, don't, I
1: don't so much care about the NFC East winning anything um I just like I, I, I'm about relationships mm. and uh, like these are dudes that I, I I know personally um I mean we've we've, we've come up Together and so uh, I'm, I'm just attached to him. I'm drawn to him. Um, I got a personal connection with him, and so that's going to always kind of take precedent over, you know, anything else.
3: Quick detour. Um, what do you think of? Um, <clears throat> I think the skins are at their best when they wear those gold pants. I think I like that's a nice pants. look. What? What?
1: What? What's Every the... player hates the gold pants. Why? Because it's just it's... Those look so good. What well, are you talking we, about? We, we wore the gold pants for so long. For a stretch that no one wanted to wear gold pants. Why? What's because that? we wore them so much.
3: When it, RG3 wore those in his debut in uh, Nola, he looked dynamite. That started a new era. What do you what do you what do you turn your nose up at those gems for?
1: They look better than the white ones. It's cool to throw it. I mean, it it might look better than the white ones uh occasionally, but when you're wearing them all the time,
3: oh, we hated them. Okay. Best Falcons get up. You know the Barkowski
1: era ones. Yeah, they were dope. We didn't get to wear any of those. when I, I know played. you that's didn't, but sucks. that's
3: that's what they should go back to, yeah, right? The I, all I,
1: red. I, I liked I liked those for sure. Yeah.
3: Um, okay. Um, last thing, then I want to get to you in February. Here is the combine is approaching, and then the draft and everything else. Um, what's What's somebody doing? Who is a a veteran in the NFL? What is somebody doing right now at this time of the year? Are you like I'm hoping this they, is my time to eat pie? Yeah, now I can do whatever I want.
1: They're vacationing, eating pie. You know, right around right after the Super Bowl's over, um, it's kind of where you take those three, you know, two three weeks to kind of just decompress, chill before you start up kind of just moving around because off season programs will start ooh, middle in the March maybe early early April if I'm not mistaken, and so guys should be. Re- relaxing because it's about to it's about to ramp back up um, 100%. So, I mean, this was a time for me where me and the family, we took trips um, and we got out, you know, we got away from the madness of, of, of football. Um, I'm talking trips to places that don't even have TVs and, you know. Um, Dude, that's too sports. far for me. And so, um, I mean, you got to – you have to let your mind go at peace for a little bit because like i said it's it's about to ramp it's about to ramp back up for a lot of these guys um and it's a different world you know um fighting for their jobs
3: did you ever do as I did this past weekend and take the kids you have six kids yeah which is remarkable because I have four and I thought that was a lot yeah um did you ever you ever handle them solo for like more than like five hours in a row because i did 48 straight hours Uh, on my own yeah you did it
1: yeah 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 i normally have the boys a lot because uh all the girls cheer and so my wife takes them to like cheer competitions um they'll go to dallas for like this big ncaa nationals um in a couple weeks and so uh yeah i normally always have the boys um and we I mean we always just kicking it, man. But all my boys are like outdoorsy, wanna be out playing basketball, riding four wheelers. Um, and so it's it's low maintenance for sure. We play video games. It's mm. not yeah, not dealing with the with the teenage girl drama is 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 very fun not having to deal with that.
3: Look at that, D'Angelo, a man at peace. See, retirement's treating you well, yeah, right? Heck yeah. You don't have to hang on so long, Tom Brady. I'm you know, go you don't have to, yeah, go, go uh,
1: live. Enjoy deep, the go. fruits of your labor. Wait,
3: now, last thing I'm thinking about is when you were sitting there, because I can't remember it off the top of my head, when you're sitting at that dra- in that draft room mm-hmm. with all those fellas, did you have hair? I did. You did have hair. hair.
1: And a big suit. Did you, have, Steve did you Harvey's have the beard? Uh, I think I had the little chin strap going, little thin, little I want to see strap. pictures
3: of that. Let's see if we can dig that up there, Spaghetti.
2: I'd like to see what <laughs> the, the – We actually have it. Oh, I'm, you do? But earlier because uh, we we're looking for some drops but that there's a you did like an inside the uh like draft kind of you did
1: like a hey rookie i
2: think yeah you were wired up so you were it actually was hilarious because like they were like following you going to like, the bathroom and stuff They're like yeah i'll be right back and you're like no I'm, I'm chill like this is where i should go actually it was really really awesome
1: oh yeah yeah behind the scenes because yeah. i think i got a phone call yep. right yeah in the yep. bathroom from one of the teams yeah man, oh man what a
3: dra- I, it is funny to look at the the feast and famine of the draft you go from all these Hall of Famers, I mean, Fitzgerald's going to the Hall, Sean Taylor's an all-time great who went, uh, obviously, too soon, Fitzgerald. Uh, but then in, in and amongst those guys, you got got uh, Kellen Winslow Jr. and Roy Williams, and there's D'Angelo, and then there's Reggie Williams yeah, from Washington. you know what's funny
1: about Reggie? Reggie grew up in 757 Virginia area with me. Huh. I, I knew Reggie in elementary school, and his dad – worked for Bowen and got transferred to Seattle. So fell out of touch with... with, with I was with, going with to say, Reggie. how did he wind up out Some in Some of the... my other buddies still talked to Reggie from around the way, and it was so dope to reconnect with him um, through like the draft process, going to visit teams at the rookie premiere out in L.A. I hadn't seen Reggie since we were probably 10 years old. But, yeah, to watch him, you know, I watched him in college going up against Gamble and all them dudes at Ohio State. Uh, while he was at Washington. But, yeah, man. You, oh, wait I mean, a second. Reggie Williams. The receiver Reggie Williams.
3: I No, I know that. But oh, Reggie, yeah. I'm mean, now I'm thinking about it, he Heisman posed, didn't he? Did he?
1: Didn't he do that? I think that he a- did after he bombed Gamble or something on one of them games. Yeah, I believe yep. that that's
3: correct. Listen, I could talk to you for uh, for another three hours. Uh, let's, uh, let's spread those three hours out over uh, several appearances coming no up doubt. here in Studio 66 for now, though. There he is. And... Uh, Lick your wounds all you want, Falcons fans. He wants to go in as a skin if he goes in, <laughs> in into the Hall of Fame. And by the way, will you go in as you look now or will you go in on draft day with a little bit of hair on top?
1: I'll probably do like I look now. Who knows? Ben Watson, number 32. How about that? This ben, ever- ben still was playing. Ben was out there with time this year.
3: I got to tell you, oh 4 I'm not trying we, we to had insert a, a good, chip on your a shoulder. Good draft. Yeah, like I always saying. say 2011 is the best draft ever, but this this first round is pretty juicy It because the headline is – It's spotty, but it, – it, Yeah, but the three Hall of Famers at QB, do you think all three go to the Hall, by I the way? I think they do. Do you? I think they do. If you, okay, now you know, this really Phillip is the got last. would have a
1: ring, he'd have been a shoe in, but. That's right, for
3: yeah. sure. Last, okay, last thing for, for real, though. Let's say they all stay where they were originally drafted. Eli. Oh, man. To the to the, Chargers. to the Chargers, yeah. Phil goes to the Giants. Roethlisberger. Wait, well, actually, the Giants wanted Roethlisberger, and the Steelers, Bill Cowher specifically. Wanted Phil Rivers more, and it kind of shook out that way. And I've asked Cowher about that, and he wow. said, Like, it all worked out. And I'm like, That's not the question, coach. I am like, You wanted Phil, right? And he's like, ah, Listen, they were both great. And I'm like, That's not exactly what you're yeah, saying, still.
1: I don't know if they got them Super Bowls. <sighs> do, do the Steelers win
3: two with Roethlisberger? Do the okay. Giants get theirs with, uh, with Ro- if Roethlisberger's in New York, yeah.
1: they still win two, right? that defense was dominant <laughs> I think they still went too I don't know if I don't know if Eli makes that throw to San Antonio Holmes though to get his feet in I don't know interesting I don't know Should
3: all right you go I see your phone call and we appreciate the time go do your fancy t- uh, TV stuff watch him on total access of course and uh and we'll look forward to your next visit here 23 up all in right. studio 66 Sounds D'Angelo good. Hall everybody get well soon
0: you're listening to David.
3: There he is, D'Angelo Hall. What do you think, Spaghetti? Do you like him now?
2: You heard, I, you loved him the first
3: time. Did you like him as
2: much the second time? I did. I think that uh, it's always fun when people – I love the college football talk and, like, the process. I know it's a special thing that we've done the show with the whole draft process, but um, his memory is great, too, and just hearing all those guys about how, like, how he has a relationship with the 0-4 class. And I, I get that. Like, just watching his clip when I mentioned the, the behind-the-scenes thing, and he was – Pretty cool, calm, composed, just like he is here. Where you see those other videos of, you know, Aaron Rodgers like sweating bullets in this thing. He was like, "No, nah, man, I'm good." Like uh, he was like, "I'm supposed to be here." He's like, "If it happens, great." Like those quarterbacks are supposed to go high. It, it was pretty funny. I because I,
3: I have no recollection of what he looks like with hair. So I'm looking he looks very. Right, it looks exactly the same. Um, I want to see. Well, I'll, I'll be the judge of that. Now you judge this spaghetti. Do you agree with his opinion about? Well, I don't know that he assert how many. Would the Chargers have won? They won zero with Phil. Would they have won a Lombardi with Eli? I doubt it, right? I
2: mean, but call me crazy, roster-wise, just thinking of... I know it's a large span for all these three quarterbacks, their careers, but the, the rosters on paper... The Steelers had some good defenses, but the Chargers were loaded. They had a ton of guys who were awesome, and they didn't
3: have great pass catchers. Antonio Gates, I guess, but well, Gates is an all timer,
2: and he had and he had Tomlinson, who was an all timer at the position of catching the footballs. And then their defense had guys. I, mean, I take I mean,
3: it back. They yeah, Vincent Jackson was very good. Sure,
2: like Vincent. they had names like that. That's a team that should have won at least one. So I think, and I think maybe they're not all as equally interchangeable the quarterbacks, but I think that if if any yeah, that's what hurts against You think Rivers. Phil wins
3: you think Phil wins uh two Super Bowls, goes to three if he's the Steelers QB?
2: I think the Steelers would have at least gotten one with Rivers at the helm. With that the, those defenses they had back in the day, those are something else. And the offense was good enough, whether it was Willie Parker or Jerome Bettis and
3: And what if Seven's the
2: quarterback of the Giants? I think the Giants are in really good shape with them. Because the difference is the Giants, I think, and I will go to the grave thing in this, if the whole Plaxico Burris incident didn't happen. Look at the Giants' record that year. They were killing teams. They were like 10-1 and 1 when right. that happened. They were the favorites to, to win it all again, the back-to-back years. Um, obviously, Eli's kind of dip in his regular season numbers is what hurts his career and what's, why a lot of people don't think he should be in the hall, uh, whereas Big Ben obviously has had an awesome career and is pretty uh, even throughout. So maybe they had another run or two in them because the Giants only won playoff games in those two Super Bowl runs. So
3: It's interesting, too, that D'Angelo identified what I always say and get called a Homer for pointing out. Roethlisberger was ahead of his time in that sense, as I always say. It's weird for Breeze and Brady and Rogers and perhaps the argument is is that they're such distinct talents that nothing really reminds you of them. And I kind of get that. It's kind of the Michael J- Jordan, you know, Kobe, reminds you so much when you watch the highlights of the two guys that that Kobe and Jordan line up similarly, whereas LeBron cuts a completely different figure, so it's hard to kind of evaluate them side by side. But I always say, it, I mean, to this date, every, almost every year, somebody comes out of the draft and is like, oh, he's going to be like Roethlisberger. And, and you never see that. It's weird that that's the case. And I guess Josh Allen, like I always say, um, if uh, Roethlisberger and Cam Newton had a baby, it would be Josh Allen. That's uh, that's kind of a um the way I look at them I although I don't know that this year's draft has somebody
2: that- there's always guys I mean last year there was a, a, a guy in the draft and I hate I feel bad calling out these players by name so I'm going to skip it but there's if you look at every draft there's guys who have these big big frames and these big big arms and some of them have gone you know at the top of the draft and have been complete bust and there's some guys more middle round more projects but none have really lived up until I guess Josh Allen have or or, or Cam to an extent um If that that you know do what Big Ben has done. I mean, Jameis to a
3: degree. He's not obviously the athlete that uh, that Cam or Roethlisberger was coming out of school, but still cuts that figure like more kind of guys will bounce off of him rather than he'll run away from them kind of thing. Last thing, spaghetti. And by the way, for the record, Damashek, the QB whisperer, right again about Ben Roethlisberger at the time. I said, I. Well, I I hear about Cower, like liking Phil, Roethlisberger's the guy. Do, I did,
2: do you remember he just the game? Looked games? like a
3: guy. It's not it's not that I have to see what he did at the combine. I don't care what he did there. I care about watching him when I watch him. He looked like an NFL QB to me. The way guys would bounce off him, the way he could sling it. Never liked Phil's weird arm. I never. I, I wouldn't have been able to embrace that.
2: I'll uh, in '04. Uh, I remember watching the the games like the Miami of Ohio games on yep. ESPN they would put them on on purpose because of of Ben and I remember watching I remember his parents like being in the stands and they'd always the camera would always show him because he was the guy I weirdly really don't remember watching Eli or uh, Phil as much I don't remember watching Phil but Big Ben is just always stuck yeah in I, mind, I always I, watching I, him back in the day by far and away it's that is
3: funny in hindsight that I saw much more of Roethlisberger than I did of Phil mm-hmm. who was in the and not mighty ACC, but he wasn't on TV nearly as much. Eli got a lot of run because sure. of his older brother. Um, last thing, spaghetti before we wrap it up. Do you think D'Angelo anywhere, uh, you know, deep down gets upset when I point out that Virginia Tech has an ugly color scheme? I
2: don't get why you don't like those uniforms
3: because they're that's a bad color combo. That's I, th- why. I don't and know. I like, and I like good color combos. That's why.
2: I I think the the white maroon. tops, the white tops with the the ruined pants, and like I think those are really nice.
3: Orange and maroon.
2: Part, Do not go together, or the uh, the maroon toss. They have the white and uh, orange stripe on the shoulder. I think those are really nice, really, really nice, really nice. I'm gonna. I think really I had. Nice. I think I owned uh, Michael Vick uh, VaTech jersey with those colors. I li- I like them a lot.
3: Liking a player is one thing. Liking the color scheme is a different matter entirely.
2: No, no but I think they're they're unique, and there's there's too many boring color schemes in college football. I think those are great.
3: Well, listen, I, I I'll say this. I'll wrap it up with this. I like the Angelo. Very much. I enjoy his football insights. I enjoy his life insights. Save one, his sense for uniforms. He doesn't like the skins gold pants. See, I
2: think those are tart. Those are terrible.
3: You don't know anything either. Aren't you and DeAngelo? But those like dull somewhere? gold.
2: Like they're not even like the Notre Dame gold. It's like the dull gold with not the- dull,
3: dull gold. It's bright gold. It's not metallic gold. That's what yeah. Notre Dame. Yeah, was yeah, not metallic. metallic gold. I like
2: the metallic look.
3: The gold, gold is what is what the Packers and the Steelers and uh, and uh, and and the A's and uh, teams like this wear.
2: Yeah, again, I think the regular. Mer, like the maroon the jerseys that the Redskins wear now with the the, the the sleeves and the stripes those are a lot better than those like blank please cut top. off your own
3: mic cut uh, off your own mic I I I I your own,
2: I we're I on different sides on this I'm,
3: what I'd like what I'd like though is after you cut your mic is to tell uh, the listener to drop us in a ear we always appreciate the ears and uh, we'll be back with more Huey and applesauce for you coming up in the meantime thanks so much football fans it's been a thin slice of heaven.